Today's scripture comes from John 10, 1 through 16, and Ezekiel 11, 34, 11 through 16. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and I own my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. And from Ezekiel, for thus the, says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As the shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their sh scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed with them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they, will, they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, I will bring back the what's astrayed, I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy, I will feed them with justice. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God.
Hello, thank you all so much for the opportunity to be here today. Before I start my message, I just want to say a word of thanks to Pastor Dale and you as a congregation and Pastor Arthur. Y'all have been so super generous to the United Methodist Children's Home known as Embrace Alabama Kids, and we cannot do our ministry without your support. I do want to take a few minutes just to say some things about Embrace Alabama Kids because it might be the first time that y'all have heard of the new name of Embrace Alabama Kids, a ministry of UMCH. The children's home name was no longer an accurate name for the many services we provide to vulnerable, vulnerable babies, kids, youth, and families in our group homes, foster care homes, family preservation, and our higher education homes. We had simply outgrown our name. We are so much more than a home. Embrace Alabama Kids better reflects who we are and what we do. After we launched Embrace Alabama Kids, I received a note from one of our children's home alums that I'd like to share with y'all. Dear Rebecca, thought I would write to you and give my opinion on the new name of the children's home. When I was a child living on the Selma campus, the name children's home was very fitting. Nearly all the children came from loving and caring parents and grandparents, as in my family's case. We had lost our father in 1942, and our mother could no longer provide a living for us. I will always remember the first day we arrived on the campus in 1945. I knew we were welcome, and that was where we needed to be. I knew... I was 10 years old, and after eight years, I was ready to go out on my own. I received loving care and so many opportunities that helped me all my life, and God kept his hand on me and my family. I am so thankful for the home. The children you have now need more than we needed. They come from different backgrounds, and now they need the embrace you provide. I often think of the needs they have done without. The children's home is trying to fix some of the hurts, so the name Embrace is so fitting to the child now. I'm so very thankful the home was there for me and my family. You all are doing a great job, and I've spoken to others who have called it home, and they have agreed about the name change to Embrace Alabama Kids. Love, Miss Iverson. This note is super special. I've known her since I've been with the Children's Home for 10 years, and um, she served on our board. She grew up at the Children's Home. She has a beautiful family, and I just learned about 10 days ago that now she is finally at home. She passed away on um, November 23rd, and so this letter is even extra special for us now. But our mission has remained the same from from when Ms. Iverson was there to today. In response to God's word, we embrace and nurture vulnerable children and families by providing homes, healing, and hope. And we've been doing this for over 130 years, and we rely on churches and individuals. We're able to go above and beyond, and just a few of the things that we've been able to do, that we are doing over Christmas, as y'all spoke about y'all's mission to your community children that needed help. We provide Christmas for all of our kids, and we have individuals that do the same thing, that go shopping and provide the Christmas presents. Um, we do Christmas karaoke that you might, you'll hear more about um, with Babies First. We do door decoration competition in our group homes, gingerbread, de- gingerbread home decorations. Of course, we have matching PJ night at our baby's home also. Movie night, we drive around and look at Christmas lights. And then last night, we took 40 of our foster kids, group homes, college kids to the Alabama game over in Tuscaloosa. And that was their 
highlight that they were looking for looking forward to once they got out of school so we are really able to go above and beyond and take care of these kids um, as I transition into my message I do want to just read three of the verses that we um, just read and so again Jesus said to them very truly I tell you I am the gate for the sheep all who came before me are thieves and bandits but the sheep did not listen to them I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The word thief does not conjure up a positive message, positive emotions. Most of us are not thieves in the traditional sense of taking material things from one another. But all of us have had events in our lives where we feel as something has been taken from us. Thieves come in to kill and destroy. Here are some thieves that I think all of us can relate to. COVID, death of a loved one, a medical diagnosis, loss of a job, relationship struggles, divorce. The feeling that comes with any of those, anything that takes our security, takes our peace and can evolve into fear. I would like for y'all to think about vulnerable children, youth and families. Let's think about the kids that we serve at Embrace Alabama Kids. We are ministering to kids that have never had peace, safety, and security. And the reason for these insecurities has been caused by the loved ones and adults in their lives that should have been the gatekeepers and the ones offering protection. You expect a hired hand to leave or abandon their sheep when there's danger. It is hard for many of us to think of parents abandoning their child when situations get difficult. It takes so much more than time to heal, to heal wounds inflicted on innocent children. You need more than just your basic necessities met, but that is usually the first step we take. For many of the kids that come to Embrace Alabama Kids, the first thing we do is make sure they're safe. This can take a long time for kids to respond, for them to understand that we are here to protect them. It takes love, the unconditional and sacrificial type, like the kind Jesus shows us, teaching us a new way, a new pattern, and a new normal. We make sure each kid gets the specific care he or she needs. We are not a one-size-fits-all ministry, and thankfully, we don't worship a one-size-fits-all God. Each one of us is unconditionally loved by God. This is what we teach our children. Now I want you to think about the role of Jesus in your life. During the time of COVID, we have learned even more what church means to us and what it played in our day-to-day -day lives. Our church family at one time was physically stolen from us. We had to develop new ways to connect and worship with the Lord. It, had been a, it has been a dark time for many. Many of us have a strong foundation of the love of Jesus and we were able to continue to follow him even when the days got hard and we had a good shepherd as it says in ezekiel 34 11 through 16 i myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out as shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep so i will seek out my sheep i will rescue them from the places to which they have been scattered on days of clouds and thick darkness we can look for jesus in unexpected places god the good shepherd cares for his sheep rescuing us from the places we have scattered. He feeds us, tends to the weak, the injured, and the lost. Jesus is our source of peace. Jesus restores our spirit into love from fear. At Embrace Alabama Kids, we help provide the safety the kids need to start growing. 
But kids have been through storms in their lives, and we want to begin to help heal their hurts. Next, I'd like for you to think about your relationships. There are ups and downs in personal relationships with Jesus, with our spouses, with our friends, and family. Jesus is our peace and security in the midst of storms. It is the community of Christ. The people are called to be his hands and feet, commanded to go and make disciples, even in the midst of their own storms. We are not to hide from the dangers and uncertainties of the world. We are not the hired hands. We are Christ in this world. At Embrace Alabama Kids, the individuals we serve come from fractured family relationships. Most of our experiences with family, most of their experiences with family and authority have been very difficult. We could be working with a newborn in foster care whose mother is unable to care because of drug addiction. It could be a high school student who has been living sofa to sofa because of a neglectful or abusive parent, or a group home resident whose parents are on the streets or incarcerated. Just like when you face difficult family situations, maybe not as devastating as the kids we care for, but nevertheless, a tough family relationship is hard no matter what. We need godly intervention, and that is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Our power comes through the Holy Spirit, which gives us strength. At Embrace Alabama Kids, we can be the under shepherd for Jesus, the ones who watch the sheep at night. We do not abandon the sheep in darkness when they are most vulnerable. Lastly, I'd like to want you to think about your community of faith. Most of us hearing this today have a strong community of faith. Your community of faith is safe. You should feel loved, able to learn, and come to know Jesus at a deeper level. This is where Embrace Alabama Kids comes into the life of vulnerable kids and youth. We give a community, a family to the very vulnerable kids and youth. We help restore our children's spirit to one of love instead of fear. In most cases, it is teaching and revealing that you're saved and safe in love for the very first time in their lives. We are giving them a home. We are healing their hurts and giving them a chance to have hope. A new way of life. As, we, as I recently was talking to one of our past residents, she said the best thing she has learned is trust, and not trust in others, but trust in herself. So many of our kids have been hurt by adults who were supposed to care for them. Their ability to trust is non-existent. At Embrace Alabama Kids, we want our kids to know that they are safe. We are not trying to replace their parents, but we are trying to give them a strong foundation where they will be able to stand, that they will be able to stand on as they mature. At Embrace Alabama Kids, we are their protector. I'd like to share one last story before I close about Eric. This story will give you hope in the future generations and also share about how Embrace Alabama Kids is shaping the future for so many youth by providing strong relationships and community. Eric came to live at Embrace Alabama Kids, one of our group homes for teenage boys when he was 13 and starting the eighth grade. His father had died, his mother was mentally ill and addicted to drugs, and she had lost custody of Eric. Eric was angry when he arrived. After all, he was in foster care because the person that was supposed to love him the most couldn't or wouldn't. Most of us thankfully cannot imagine the emotions Eric was feeling, but maybe we got a tiny glimpse of it during this pandemic. Things have felt a bit out of control, and we didn't know what the next few weeks, months held, and we still don't. 
These are struggles that our foster kids and youth, children and youth have faced for so long. A loss of control, fear of what the future holds, feelings of uncertainty and helplessness. That's why we make sure the kids in our care receive a strong spiritual foundation. We go to church, we read the Bible, we participate in Bible school, we pray, and that results in a growth in their faith. In order to give Eric an outlet for his frustrations, our staff got him involved in sports. He played football, basketball, ran track, his grades improved. He started to bond with the other boys in the group home, and for the first time in a long time, Eric felt like he belonged. After graduation, he floundered a bit. He tried community college, but it wasn't good, a good fit. With the encouragement of one of our longtime staff and lifelong career military man, Eric decided to enlist in the Army. He had finally found his calling. Just before he graduated from Fort Benning, Eric sent a letter to his brothers in the group home, and I want to read part of that letter today so that you can hear in Eric's own words what Embrace Alabama Kids meant to him. Dear brothers, this whole experience has been a huge challenge to me mentally, physically, and spiritually. I've learned that nobody in this world is ready to hand you anything. You have to work your butt off and go get it. Most importantly, I found a friend that would never leave my side in any situation, and that's God. Whenever I had nobody to turn to, he was right there protecting me the entire time. He'll never leave you or forsake you, even when you reach your lowest points. I appreciate everything that Embrace Alabama Kids has done for me. You all helped shape me into the man I'm becoming, and y'all are the reason I'm physically and mentally fit to be part of one of the strongest fighting forces in the world. I wouldn't trade you guys for anything in the world. And Mr. John, Ms. Joy, Ms. Lisa, Mr. Scott, and Mrs. Janet, y'all are the foundation of the future of every child that comes through. I'm blessed to have had great role models in my life. I appreciate every punishment I received, every dish I had to soak, every dollar I was told to save, every decision that was supported, and every time you told me no. I love you guys, and I will see you at graduation. By the time you'll get this, I will officially be a soldier in the United States Army. Love, Private White. As you can tell, Eric grew from a scared, angry boy to a proud, God-fearing soldier, and your support of this amazing ministry made it happen. In closing, I'd like to share Embrace Alabama Kids Advent Scripture, John 8:12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light. We are all created by God and belong to God. God longs for all of us to be one flock, one community. As part of Jesus' family, please pray for our kids, staff, and the individuals like you that are helping provide a safe, nurturing community for hurting kids and youth. Thank you for being part of Embrace Alabama Kids Community of Faith and the light by opening your hearts for the many kids and families that will be changed by Embrace Alabama Kids. God bless. Thank you, Rebecca, for, for sharing with us our, about this wonderful ministry. I wonder if we might could just ask you a couple questions. When the very beginning, you mentioned a bunch of those ministries, and they, they were pretty fast. They were. Uh, but uh, t tell us, for instance, about Babies First, okay. about that ministry. I think that's really cool. Yes, I will start. I do have some material over here that anyone's able to come pick up and see some of the pictures that I just spoke of of um, 
Private White that's over there. But our baby's first ministry, I did go through our ministries really quick because that would take up two hours if I started going through all of our different ministries, which I would love to come back and do in another setting. But our baby's first ministry is down in Mobile. And this is for kids throughout the state of Alabama. It is not a South Alabama ministry. We have kids from all over the state. It is the only baby's first ministry in the state. We had one other, and this is for teenage moms and their babies who have decided to keep their, keep their babies and break their generational um, cycle of learn. They want to learn how to parent. We used to have a home before COVID and we could only hold four moms and four babies. We had reconfigured the home as many ways and we just decided we couldn't do that anymore because of the generosity of our churches and supporters. We were able to build a new home that opened in August last year. That home is just under 10,000 square feet and has 10 moms and 10 babies and it remains full. It is an amazing ministry. We have, um, as I said, 10 moms and 10 babies, and I think the oldest baby is four and a half. So it is never a dull moment there. They are learning how to just play with their child. They're learning how to feed their children healthy meals, proper discipline, how to communicate. Um, the staff there are amazing of making sure that the, ki- the moms are going to school, the kids get to daycare, and it, you can see we've got always Facebook posts of our babies. Um, the activities that I mentioned um, at the beginning of the gingerbread, going to look at houses, the matching pajamas, all that's taken place in Baby's First Ministry. So we really appreciate the support for that. It's a great, great ministry, and it's a pretty expensive ministry, too. It is. That's why we're the only ones still doing it, is because we have the support from churches and individuals. We are not an apportioned ministry, and um, we do not get guaranteed funding. So, yes, it is, it's, we're thankful that we can do it, but it's because of the 130 years of having Methodist support, and we are very thankful for that. And then you've got the, you've got your regular group homes like mm-hmm. in Scottsboro and Dothan, and mm-hmm. I've been a part of seeing some of those kids in action. The group homes are a very needed place. Many of teen, many teenagers that get put in foster care, they're not going to do really well going into someone's individual home. Um, they have they have a lot of allegiance to their own parents by that point, and so it's sometimes very hard for them to develop relationships in a foster home. So group homes are very much needed in the state. Um, and the boys group home, I was with them all last night um, in, at the basketball game, but again, this is a place where our staff develop bonds with these kids. They're not trying to replace their mom and dad, but they're trying to provide them safety teach them about the love of Jesus, make sure they get up and go to school. If they need, if they want to do a part-time job, we're helping them facilitate all that. But the group homes are a much needed ministry in the state also. And then you have your higher education ministry, which a lot of people don't know about. Yes, yes. Uh, before I jump to that, I would okay. like to share one other um, ministry that I think get flies under the radar, and that is our family preservation ministry. If we can keep kids out of foster care and keep families together, that is the best situation. And we do that in North Alabama and South Alabama. We try to keep kids together. If there's a family in your community that is identified through the court system that says if something doesn't change, the kids are going to be removed and put in foster care, our staff go, they have three, three to four families to one staff, and they are on call 24-7, and they are rebuilding the family unit. That could be going in and teaching them how to clean a kitchen. 
teaching them how to properly discipline, how to communicate. Some of the homes that we work in, um, you wouldn't believe what, the, what they walk into, but three months later when, it's, when the um, program's over of what they're leaving. Um, one of the unique things about that ministry is we're usually working with generational, generations of family. There was one family that had four generations living under one roof, and so we're able to go in and rebuild that family unit. Moving on to the higher education, um, that is a ministry that I like to share with churches and individuals to let you know that you are supporting 22 kids in college. That ministry is 100% privately financed through churches and individuals and then through a restricted endowment. And we do that in Florence and in Tuscaloosa. The boys are in Tuscaloosa, the girls are in Florence. Um, there are two ways that you can get into this ministry. One is if you're in the DHR system. So our group home kids are eligible to go into our higher education homes. They come in and live with us for at least two years, maybe all four. And there's somebody there 24-7. It never shuts. They're open Christmas. It is where they get their mail. But the other is if it's, since it's privately funded, that we can take kids from communities that are couch surfers, that have never been, uh, that can't live with their parents, but they've been super resourceful to avoid getting in the DHR system. But once they turn 18 and graduate, normally the family they're living with says, you've got to figure out something else. You can't keep living here. Um, and so we're able to take those kids and they can come and do the program with us. The boys in Tuscaloosa, we made, we've been doing this now for, we're going on our eighth year. We have graduates every year now. We um, give them second chances. Um, we also start them at the community college. The first two year, the first year we started all the boys at Alabama and we learned really, really quick they were not ready for that. So they now all start at Shelton State. UNA is a great college, the size of it, they work really well with our girls. And I'll share the quick story about the second chance that um, one of our young men, he started with us and he really loved hanging out on our couch and not always going to class. And we had to let him know that that was not what this ministry was about. Um, and we strongly encouraged him to keep going to school and he kept making poor choices and so we eventually had to make arrangements for him to leave. After about six months, he called us and said he wanted to come back. And we made some arrangements, but we first told him he had to reapply. He had to do these three other things, and we would reconsider him. Well, he came back, and he has now graduated from college from the University of Alabama. He is happily married. He works for Ram Tool in Birmingham, has been consistently promoted. And so it's great that we some of these kids, they would never have that second chance, and we're able to provide that for them. That's awesome. That's a, I, I know I went to Tuscaloosa one time to because one of the young man that I knew had a senior recital and he was an organist and so I went to his senior recital. My wife and I did and we looked around and there, and there was Rebecca mm -hmm. and the whole staff of the children's home. Yes. They're there to support him because she was one of their kids. celebrating our kids. And um, when I was talking about um, Private White, I think there were 18 of us that went over to his graduation. And again, those are the above and beyond that your support allows us to do because that does, the $11 and 50 cents we get reimbursed today to take care of a child does not cover the the fun things and the necessary things to make these kids feel like they're loved and special. Well, it's certainly a needed um, foster care and, and what the programs you offer are so needed. And yes. I'm so glad that y'all have pivoted and to, to expand your programs for, 
for these young people. Yes. And so when we see the commercials that, that are that are on about the Big Oak Ranch, is that what it's called? That's the what it's called. Big Oak Ranch for girls and boys, which are great. And they always make me cry. You know, I'm just cheering for Isaiah the whole time. And uh, um, know that um, we, we do that too in the Methodist Church. We're going to be happy about that. We just don't have a marketing budget to put it on TV <laughs> all the time. Make the sleek commercials. Yes. But uh, thank you so much. Can I pray for you yes. guys? Let's pray. Dear God, I'm so thankful for Rebecca and her ministry of outreach with, uh, with Embracing Alabama Kids and all the staff and all the energy and love that they pour out on these young people. Just we ask that you just send your protective mercies around them. Help them to feel stability and love and, and help them to keep hope alive in their lives. And help us as we reach out to support them to feel good that we are making a difference in the world as part of the United Methodist Church. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen.